Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska. Usually this is where I say I'm joined by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. That is not Jansen Coburn that you see. That is National Recruiting Analyst for Rivals covering the Midwest, Clint Cosgrove. He'll be joining me for a special edition this week. Clint, man, how are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, excited to come on. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. It's always, this is a good time of year. Again, to check out kind of some of your thoughts on things that are happening with Nebraska recruiting. Um, and then also kind of zoom out a little bit, kind of dive into the Big Ten. because there's a lot of interesting things going on out there uh, when it comes to Big Ten recruiting and kind of recruiting in the Midwest. Um, and one of those things that popped off kind of last week and it happened really fast and it was a big talking point around here was Omaha Westside um, defensive athlete is what I'll call him, Teddy Rezac. Um, Picking up an offer from Notre Dame, going out to visit Notre Dame that next day, then a couple of days later, getting an offer from Nebraska, only to commit to Notre Dame that next day. You got a chance to sit down and speak with Teddy ahead of his commitment or of his public commitment. I guess, what have been your thoughts about his recruitment and kind of this meteoric rise that he's been on as of late after talking to him? Yeah, to be honest, uh, Teddy wasn't even really on my radar. Um, you know, I knew the name. I didn't sit down there and do a thorough evaluation because until he got to Boston College, offer you know he's kind of a you got so many other kids you got to evaluate who are being recruited with multiple power five offers and everything like that so um i sit down and i watch the film i think it was after the boston college offer i was like i like this kid this kid's pretty good i have a feeling this won't be his last power five offer uh little did i know that nebraska or notre dame would be in there <laughs> right after so i was like okay uh when when that notre dame offer came through and he was going to visit like pretty much immediately yeah i knew he was going to commit i knew we had to get a ranking on him or a rating on him at least and uh went and did kind of a deep dive on the film and the more i watched it and then i looked at like this you know the analytics the speed the size mm -hmm. the ability the and i was like where has this kid been and <laughs> why has this recruitment been like this and i understand uh you know nebraska it's not like a, a coach's convention when you go to every high school there uh necessarily during the spring recruiting period but at the same time there's dudes on his own team and uh you know it's not like that school hasn't been traffic so a lot right. of this didn't make sense to me you know <laughs> um you've got this big kid he can run he can hit he loves football he's technically sound and uh, he's the complete package. And um, I really hope to see him this summer. Uh, I actually did, you know, guys, I'm looking forward to seeing the summer. I probably should put him on the list, but um, he was already committed, so I didn't. But um, right. yeah, I uh, the, the recruitment was just kind of wild, man. Um, and the Nebraska offer probably just came a little too late. Uh, he grew up a Nebraska fan, season tickets. Yeah. Love Nebraska growing up. And here he is wearing the Golden Dome, um, you know, for the time being, at least. Yeah, that, it's a tough one. You know, and, and this and you kind of laid out is what people around here have been saying a lot of is, you know, it's and it's worse than you even think. So Nebraska picked up two kids in his and from his school in the 2023 class, Jalen Lloyd, the wide receiver, superstar track athlete as well. And what I call the super kicker, uh, Tristan Alvano out of Omaha West Side. They are recruiting heavily Caleb Benning in the 2024 class that goes to yeah. his school on his defense and Christian Jones, and they believe is in the Rivals 100 uh, for the 2025 class is also being heavily recruited by Nebraska. I, I honestly, and I don't know how else to say it, they just, I think, overlooked him. Like, I really honestly think that that's how that happened. Um, I do know, though, that they wanted to see, once they kind of got wind of him, they wanted to see him work out in June at their camp, and he jumped on that Notre Dame offer before that could even happen. Now, you can kind of 
understand how that can happen if a kid really yeah. seems like he wanted Notre Dame to offer. <laughs> and that was kind of a quote unquote dream school. You see how that ended up happening. All of that does not make it any less sting, any less for Nebraska. But his his recruitment definitely been an interesting one. Yeah, without question. And, uh, you know, just talking with him and what they plan on doing with him at Notre Dame, you know, it's kind of a perfect fit because mm-hmm. he is that, uh, you know, he he looks great as a receiver. He he played well as a safety. You know, Caleb got hurt. He ended up playing safety. Right. You know, he's the type that they can start out at safety, kind of play that hybrid position. And really, he's got the frame to move down to, to like an outside linebacker. And you love it when you can move guys from uh, the second level yep. or the third level down to the second level, opposed to when you're moving defensive line back to linebacker <laughs> right. and everything like that. So, you know, I think that gives him even more upside. And then you just watch the way he sees the field and triggers when uh, when it's time to react and, 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 you know, swarm the ball. And he's just got so many great traits. And then, you know, I sit down with him on, on camera and he's like, he's got, he's got a little something to him. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's got a little something to him. So, I would not be surprised because, I mean, he's got the physical skill set to at least contribute on special teams early. And um, I think long term, you know, you could be looking at a, a, a potential NFL guy, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think his potential is really high. And I love that him starting out in that third level and then moving down. Um, and it's something that we talk about a lot with, with here with Nebraska kids about kind of their ceiling and potential. They don't always get, you know, super high rankings off of the bat, even though there's always it seems like now, especially this run recently, there's always at least one very highly rated kid and then everyone else is kind of lumped together. So that kind of leads me to the next thing I want to talk to you about out of those Nebraska kids. And I think there's now nine um, in state that Nebraska has offered. Offered, but out of those Nebraska kids, who do you see right now as the most underrated kid in the state? You know, uh, probably, and we kind of talked about this before, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Caleb Highform. Uh, mm-hmm. am, I, am I even saying that correctly? I, I believe so. And I always I <laughs> think I mess it up too. So I need to just ask him. I talked to him all the time. Just talked to him last week. Yeah. Um, he's a guy, you know, uh, I believe we, we, we slapped a rating on him a, a little while back and, uh, he was still kind of in a developmental, uh, stage, uh, of his, you know, football career, you know, big body, thick body. Um, I think, you know, the original leave out was okay. Is, is he light enough on his feet? Uh, you know, where is he going to play on the offensive line and, uh, you know, how dominant can he be? And, and I think he's continued to develop and in our next rankings meeting, he will be a guy that definitely comes up that, that we'll have some conversation about, you know, how high do we put him? He's a 5.6 right now. Um, you know, I could see him being at least a 5.7. Uh, and then, you know, uh, a guy who's rated very high that maybe I don't understand his recruitment <laughs> and what's going on is, is, is Davon Hall. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, you know, we have him rated really high. We have him rated ahead of Carter Nelson, who's obviously, uh, you know, much higher of a recruit than he is. And I see him at a seven on seven. I was like, okay, physically he's freaky. Cause I expected going into this, like we probably have him overrated. This would be a good opportunity to say, you know what? We do have him overrated. Uh, maybe we push him back or, or pump the brakes on it a little bit. Right. Kid goes out and he looks, <laughs> he looks like, uh, you know, Terrell Owens out there. Yeah. He's big. He can he run. Is. His ball skills are great. You know, he's a big time track guy. He jumps like six, seven, six, eight and a high jump at his size. So, there's just so many things that to like about him. And I know this is about who is, who is overrated, but uh, maybe this is a kid who is under recruited. And then yeah. also 
you know, I think, uh, you know, both Teddy Rizek and Isaiah McMorris are, are, are four-star candidates as well. So those could be additional guys. How about you? Yeah, I, I like where you're going with Caleb Pry from. I, I think that he is a kid to me that will continue to move along. And I think that even as we get to kind of those kind of postseason, like final evaluations and everything like that, I think he could still be sliding up even as we get to that. Because I also think as he gets kind of a different coaching um, at his high school and continues to lean out and you see kind of the footwork and all of that, I think that he could be a kid that, that continues to move up. The one, two, and I totally agree with you on Davon Hall. Like, I, I'm not sure why he isn't more heavily recruited especially in a the other thing is too is he's at a school in Bellevue West that has continued to put D1 receivers yeah. out right and skill <laughs> position players I mean his quarterback is Dana Kalen committed to Missouri um and so they're <laughs> gonna he's gonna continue to get looks and then you look on the other side which by the way good luck to teams defending them because you have Danny Kalen throwing to Davon Hall who we both agree is still kind of under recruited and then Isaiah McMorris who is my other pick for the underrated player in Nebraska um yeah. that's just really tough and McMorris is a really, really good football player. Um, he's a little bit smaller, but what he lacks in size, he makes up for the kind of shiftiness and quickness. And he's a really tough kid. Like he transferred into Bellevue West uh, before last season to kind of get exactly this, more looks and exposure um, and being a different offense. And that's paid off for him. Um, and all three of those guys, uh, Caleb Pye from Isaiah McMorris and Davon Hall have confirmed with me that they're taking official visits to Nebraska uh, coming up in June. It's June, I think that 23 third weekend is where both of the Bellevue West guys are coming out. Um, that'll be a huge weekend for Nebraska. Caleb, I think, is coming out early in the month um, as well. So Nebraska is hot on those leave. guys. Yeah, you may not leave. That they, that may be, and, and Nebraska has made up a ton of ground on Caleb, by the way, that that's a situation where Iowa had been in the lead for a long time yeah. in that recruitment because they did a great job as Nebraska was going through all the turmoil last year um, yeah. of really solidifying their position in that. But Matt Rule and Donovan Rayola have done a really Really nice job of getting back into that. I would say putting them in the lead going into the round of official visits this summer. Um, and I think he's going to take three um, in total. Uh, so we'll see. That, that, that'll be fun to see. But yeah, I definitely think you'll see some of those Nebraska kids kind of move up the rankings. Um, and speaking of rankings, you know, the Big Ten right now, well represented at the top of the list when it comes to oh, the yeah. top 25, right? <laughs> um, Michigan still trying to hold on to that number one spot as well. Ohio State up there in the top 10, Penn State as well. Um, I guess, which team in the Big Ten has surprised you in a good way uh, thus far as we start to head into June, which is an all-important month now in recruiting yeah i mean it's hard it's, it's hard to go at the top the top <laughs> team but michigan um under harbaugh hasn't exactly been like you know they've been the if you you know in horse racing terms they're not the first <laughs> ones out the gate you know no. at this point they probably had six re, you know six commits last year but they finished strong mm -hmm. um <laughs> this year they've got 17 commits and it's I... not even summer yet Right. And they're big time players too. Yeah. And they've gone into Ohio taking guys at Ohio's, you know, like the running back, Jordan Marshall. Yeah. Um, you know, they've they've gotten some 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 good offensive linemen. So it's easy to go with the team at the <laughs> top if it's not named Ohio State, because we're we've just become so accustomed to Ohio State oh, being yeah. the top team from start to finish. They it seems like they're from toe to toe, they've been number one at recruiting. So I will go with Michigan, but I'm going to do it with the caveat of this. Uh, mm -hmm. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Purdue, and Iowa, really, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're doing a good job. You know, the thing that I really love about Purdue 
is Purdue is a school that you did not hear anything about um, until this new staff got there. Right. And we had our camp in Cincinnati and there was a buzz about Purdue. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got young coaches. The players are like, you know, they, they've got, they're young, they have energy, they can relate to us. They're getting after it. You know, you've got Corey Patterson who came from Illinois, yeah, who, uh, you know, he's, he's a dude on the, on the recruiting trail. Yeah. He's really good. So, um, you know, they have eight commits right now. They've got a, a four star and seven star, uh, seven, three stars. Um, but, you know, Purdue maybe had two, three commits, you know, at this point last year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I think they're going to be recruiting a higher quality of player. There's more schools or, or more kids uh, and, and, and high quality kids that are considering Purdue. And, um, you know, I, I've got to commend the job they've done as a new staff in a short amount of time. They, they didn't get a full recruiting cycle last year, just like Wisconsin didn't get a full recruiting cycle last year. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've really capitalized on it. Um, I like some of Wisconsin's class and then Minnesota, uh, they made moves early too. I think they know that this is a big year for them. And, um, so, uh, and then, you know, Iowa sits at number four, but that that's usually the range that they're in. Yeah. And, um, especially so, this time of year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, I, I would say those, those would be the three, that middle three, kind of that Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue range, uh, with Purdue to me with a young, inexperienced staff, first-time head coach, uh, the buzz that they're making on the trail. I, I got to commend that. Um, and then, um, yeah, so those would, those, would, those would be the ones. Uh, you know, Michigan at the top, obviously. Though. Yeah, it's interesting to me. The Minnesota one is really intriguing to me because I feel like, the, you know, they are in a kind of a sense of urgency with P.J. Fleck kind of retooling that staff, and they've been kind of sliding along at a good clip, and they've been a good program under P.J. Fleck, but they, they need to make that next jump. Um, and I think that this year's recruiting class is important for that, right, for them to continue to build and take that next step. So I'm really intrigued by the position that they're in right now and how they can continue to build on that. Um, I do think that Penn State gets lost in this a little bit because I feel like I hear from Penn State people um, that are always upset and disappointed by what's happening there. And you look up and they always win 10 games um, and they always are recruiting well um, and they're doing it again. But the thing that I really like about them and Michigan and Ohio State actually is I'll be fascinated to see who we think has the best offensive line group of that of that trio yeah. at the end of the year because oh, they've yeah. built some man it feels like every good offensive lineman that's coming into the conference is going to one of those three schools right now um, and they're all like you know Michigan's got some nice like guys that have athleticism but that are some real ball like brawlers out there Penn State's got some really athletic kids in their offensive line group coming in and then Ohio State has a nice mix of, of the of the two to me and so that will be a real fun storyline for me to kind of um fill out like look at the rest of this cycle but Penn State to me I think keep an eye on them and see what they're doing too yeah for sure they I mean they recruited really well James Franklin is a heck of a recruiter and they win games um so yeah you you can never you can never count them out it's gonna be an interesting race for that top spot this year yeah the the people will definitely be chasing Michigan and really Ohio State is always the team because you, you see kind of what's left for them out there and who they're still recruiting. And they have the the opportunity probably best to catch Michigan, <laughs> yeah. but Michigan's still in on guys. I feel like I look up every day and I see there's a new kid with, you know, setting an official visit there. Um, yep. or, or there's in the top five with them. Now on the flip side of that, is there anyone that you see right now that you're like, okay, we're early, but we're, we're going to need you to kick it into gear as we get through these official visits. 
Yeah, there's probably more of those schools um, <laughs> than anything else. Uh, but it is early and they are typically, you know, the schools that haven't typically been towards the top um, of the re as far as the recruitment goes. Now, uh, I would say, you know, at this point last year, the, the crazy part about mentioning Northwestern in this conversation mm -hmm. is they were coming off of a bad year. And then they, on top of it, um, they had like four, four stars committed at right. this point. So like, you know, they, they were really hot out the gate. And then this year, you know, they're coming off back to back, uh, you know, losing seasons. And there's some changes on staff. This is the first time, this is only the second time in Pat Fitzgerald's tenure that they had back to back losing seasons. So oh. usually they bounce back right after. And they, they did a really good job considering the class or the season that they had of securing a really good class last year. So I do think I was expecting more from them early on and what they offer. But the thing that they have done is they are in on some kids that um, are either committed elsewhere or have recently opened up their commitment. Um, and then the other thing uh, that, that I like about them is, uh, you know, they've got the brand new facility. So once they get yeah. kids on campus, yeah. um, I think that's going to go a long way towards uh, really gearing things up. Um, you know, last year, everybody was on the road early. Everybody was seeing places early. And they had that brand new facility. It's right on Lake Michigan. And I think that wowed people in. And it was kind of the perfect storm. And so they, they were able to get an early head start. Now, um, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't you know, surprise me necessarily that Northwestern is not towards uh, the top early on. I think they'll recover fine. Um, the schools that I'd be you know, very concerned about are one, Indiana. Uh, they just, they were- All that momentum feels gone. Florida. <laughs> yeah, they're recruiting Florida only. And yes, they did a good job down there. And, but then that was trickling away. And, you know, that that really good class they had two years ago just seemed so far away. And now they're finally dipping their toes into the Midwest. I think they're saying, OK, well, look what Purdue's doing. These are guys who could end up at Indiana in the past. Uh, we need to get a roll on that. They only have three commitments right now. Um, you know, that's a little scary. Illinois as well, especially yeah. coming off the season, season that they had. And you'd expect them to capitalize on that. Now they are in on a lot more kids than I know Indiana is right now right. and Illinois and, and the way they finished last year, because uh, Brett Bielema and that staff, like they have a plan. Yeah. Definitely. And when the, when the kids get there, um, they are impressed. Uh, the in-state kids, they're starting to be, you know, like you have in Nebraska, if you're an in-state kid, <laughs> you know, you want to play for Nebraska. We didn't have that in Illinois for a long time, no. <laughs> but they're starting to get that little mm -hmm. sense, especially with signing Malik LZ last year, yep. who is a big influencer in Chicago. You know, they're starting to be that feeling. So I think they could make a, a late run. I'm not too worried about them right now. And then the other school that I really worry about is Michigan State because they have lived and died by the portal. Yep. And at some point, uh, like I, I said and i think many people said when they lived in the portal early on it's you know, when you go that hard in it you're going to live in it every year and so their high school recruiting classes no matter what they're getting in the portal are not going to be very strong and right now they only have three commits so um it's still early guys i i mean so much can happen yeah. uh new stats there's a lot of change in the conference 
Um, I feel like the, the globalization of recruiting has, has changed a lot because the amount of kids getting offered from the Midwest, especially. Oh, yeah. Teams that you used school, to never Georgia, see coming in here. Oh, Alabama, yeah. <laughs> USC, Miami. I mean, I'm over, you know, at Kenwood Academy where Marquise Lightfoot is. And literally these schools, if there's a big time kid, what they would do is they would come in on the private jet. They would go straight to the school. The driver would take them straight back to the executive airport and they'd leave. These schools are coming up here now and they're hitting two or three schools. So they're like, you know, we're out here. There's three other guys that are legit takes for us. So I think that's going to kind of mess with the early recruitment, maybe at these big 10 schools who would get early commitments from these kids in the past. But now the kids are saying unlimited visits, a whole new world out there. Mm -hmm. I can go and check all this out. Maybe I hold things off for a little bit. So uh, I don't think anybody's in the territory of this recruiting class is done with. Um, but you know, there, there, there's obviously some work to be done. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, I'm dead on with you in terms of why Michigan state could be in some trouble and being surprised on, uh, Illinois. Like, I, I do think that they're going to come on strong. I know that they're in on a lot of kids, um, yeah. that are really good prospects, whether or not it's Midwest kids or kids down in Texas as well. Um, yep. they're doing a nice job. And I think that they would also be a team to watch out for having a late run. If they put together another solid season, you get another proof of concept season going, um, oh, and that yeah. would help them a ton. Um, as well but hey i'm gonna get you out of of here on this one a true or false um that i think will be a fun one true or false defensive end out of lee summit north out in uh kansas city williams and wary is the best defensive prospect in the country true or false i don't want to do this to my guy justin scott because i do think (laughs) he's the best interior defensive lineman in the country uh williams and warney is not only to me the best defensive player in the country he may be the best player in the entire country he is just so special. I did that from the film room on him recently where I kind of broke down his film. And uh, the very first play on that, you just watch it and the way that he is able to just move with such, he's so fluid, so explosive, so fast, so physically gifted. And the way he comes off the line and has some wiggle to him and he's just, everything is just, wow. I mean, uh, he just reminds me of Mario Williams when he was younger and, uh, you know, uh, Jason Pierre Paul, like, and I use those as NFL comps and I don't use those lightly. The kid is special. And, um, I, I, I do think he is probably the best defensive player in the country. How about yeah, you? He- I, I do I do think that he is as well after watching him um, and it's funny because he's been he's been on the radar here at Nebraska for a while um, and they got him here for that big junior day that kind of everyone yeah. every big target was here he still I don't I don't think he has uh, well I guess I was going to say he hasn't announced all five official visits I've got to get out of the habit of saying that because they can now take unlimited um, yeah. we'll see if Nebraska can figure out a way to get him back on campus I think right now they're on the outside looking in uh, but watching yeah. him he's outstanding like he He's a terrific, terrific prospect. Um, and the, like one of those defensive ends that you really, every team in the nation wants. Um, his offer sheet and his um, official visit group definitely reflects that as well. So I would definitely say true on that. I need to go back and watch Justin Scott. Um, you got to <laughs> represent those Chicago guys as well. Yeah. Um, but that'll, that'll be a fun study as well. I'll be interested to do a film study on him, not to give you more work. Do a film study on Justin Scott. Um, that would be a fun one too. Yeah. And I, and I have the, you know, Justin lives probably, you know, seven, eight miles from my house. So I can go and see him every time, you know, whenever I want. 
He's a phenomenal kid. He's just a different skill set, um, you know, and and a guy like Williams with the length and everything yeah. like that, you know, he can play on the edge, but he could also be a three technique. There's nowhere that like he can line up anywhere, uh, you know, whereas Justin could play on the edge. He just doesn't have the same type of length. He's more right. of an interior guy. The thing that makes Justin very valuable as well is he could be a first round draft pick on either side of the line. Whereas I don't think Williams could do that. So their skill sets are unique in that way. They each have a different skill set. They each bring something to the table, maybe one A and one B, but um, (laughs) yeah, special group. Yeah. Special group right there. Yeah, one A and one B in the Midwest. We'll we'll take it, right? But that's gonna do it for <laughs> yeah, us. This, there you go. <laughs> do it for us, week. Clint, Clint, man, I greatly appreciate you hopping on. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can get these videos directly into your feed. Like this video as well. Check out all of our continued recruiting coverage on InsideNebraska.com, and we will catch you guys next week.